Welcome back. Thank you to everyone that has been tuning into my podcast. Um, it, it honestly means more than me to me than anything. I love doing the episodes. Like I said at the beginning episode, I'm going to only do 20 per season and then um, take some time off. Um, this week was a super huge week for me. I had my $5 million listing that went live, which honestly, it's the most incredible property I've ever seen in my entire life. It has a 2,000 square foot pool room. The door to the pool room itself is an $80,000 door a 76 foot by 44 foot basketball court, full hole, four hole putt golf and putting station, movie theater with custom um, firework ceiling. Everything about this house is just next level and I'm not even like started on, on the features that it has. Um, if you want more more info about that please reach out and i would love to share the ad with you guys other than that today i'm bringing on a guest and he has done over a hundred million in uh, mortgages throughout his career he is in double digits for investment properties and he has really brought a lot of value with this episode so i hope you guys enjoy it Okay, hello everybody. Um, welcome to another episode of The Pod. Today we are here with Atif Mortgages. You can find him on Instagram. <laughs> He's going to talk to us about the mortgage side of investment properties. Um, He's also dabbled in investments himself personally. So let's start with your, with your background. How did you get started in the mortgage scene and the what did you start first, investment side or becoming a mortgage broker? I, I started investment long time ago, before I got into mortgages. Um, I was actually going to be a realtor, uh, working for one of the big banks, I won't say the name. Um, but then, I just like the lending part more than showing okay. houses. So like decided, to deal with the money. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to go to um, mortgage side. Um, it's been almost six years now. I was with one of the bank, now I'm a mortgage broker. Um, basically doing my own thing, working with more than 30 banks. Um, real estate, I started when I was 21, um, when I started basically buying houses. Okay, um, walk me through, how did you find your first investment property? Like, is, was it a rental, was it a flip? pre-construction? No, first one was actually I wanted to buy a property that I can live in and rent it out. That was my whole plan. Um, and it worked out really, really well because I was able to buy a property with a basement suite. Um, and I was living in a basement. I actually had um, a room that I was actually sharing with someone and then upstairs was rented. So I was living in a house and I was getting about $900 um, cash flow while I was living for free. Nice. Yeah, that was my first property and that actually made me realize that real estate is amazing. <laughs> so how did you learn to to pick the right property your first one? Realtor. My realtor was like, you know, she was amazing. Um, mm -hmm. she, she like showed me everything. She was like, this is what you want to get when you're trying to get your first property. Of course, when you're trying to buy your first property, you, you want to have property to yourself. So it's so yeah. hard to like think about other people having and living in your house. but. That was one of the best thing I did because imagine living in a house which you own 
without worrying about paying mortgage. So that was like the best thing. Um, and then from there, I bought my second one was 24. Um, I really like buying pre-sold condos. That was one of the best thing I did because I would get into pre-sold condos by the time they built, you made a profit and then you come out. Um, so that was a good thing I did too. I did a couple of them. Um, and Calgary was one of the best investments so far now because <laughs> I did get a Calgary property when I moved here, it was about January, um, and it's since then it's just been going up. Yeah. So, do you think you've done majority of your like investment side in Ontario, Sask Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan was. Yeah. Yeah, Saskatchewan is always the long term, um, and Ontario was just quick flips, right? So, um, because you were able to get into Ontario market, and then you have to make sure you come out of it, and Saskatchewan because the cash flow is good in Saskatchewan. So if you buy a property, you can always cash flow there. And then it's just long term that you'll have someone paying the mortgage. Okay, so you've been in the mortgage side of things for yes. five years? Is that Almost correct? six years now. Okay. Yeah. So I was working for one of the bank as a banking advisor for a long time. And then I decided to start doing mortgages. Okay. So you worked for a bank prior. Was mm -hmm. the bank your first? like kind of entail to to the scene of like houses and real estate and like the mortgage side and like it wasn't i actually wanted to be a manager okay for the bank um and then i had somebody reach out to me and he was a realtor and he's like i have to tell you, you should think about this you'll do really well um and i was going to leave the bank and then the bank was like you know why don't you stay here if you if you like that side do lending side so i decided to stay with mortgages like i never even thought about doing this right um, since then, now we are nine of us in a team um, that we do mortgages, all of us, right? Uh, so I have nine brokers in my team. Okay. So let's go to some basic questions because I'm sure there's a lot of people um, watching that are first-time homebuyers, maybe wanting to get into investment or just a personal first-time property um, and don't know the answers to these. So. Can you explain to me a, the difference between a fixed and a variable rate? So the best way to describe fixed is fixed. It's just one payment, one interest rate. You have it for um, the term you choose. You can go from one year to five years. Variable basically changes whenever the Bank of Canada changes their rate. That's the best way to see it, right? Um, the penalty side is different too. Like it's been a lot of talk is which one to choose, right? Um, the advice I give it to my clients, I always show them what's the difference and what can happen, right? Um, it's been past three, four months, a lot of my clients going towards variable. Okay. And can you explain to me like about refinancing, how it works? Refinance, the basic rule for refinancing, if you, let's just say, if you bought a house at 5% right now and mm -hmm. in five years you want to refinance, Unless you're in Ontario, BC, you won't have enough equity to take out any money. Um, the best way to explain is like, you know, if you have a house for $100,000 worth, you have $80,000 you can go up to to refinance. So if you already have a mortgage for $85,000, you can't take out any money. But if your mortgage is $70,000, you can go back to $80,000. That's how you refinance a property, right? So best way to say that, yes, if you bought a house with 20%, couple of years ago, then yes, there is some money to take out. But if you bought it 5%, chances are very low. Okay. Yeah. What are some 
things that first-time homebuyers can do that the government, like the first-time homebuyer incentive and the first-time homebuyer program, can you go over what that is? Yeah, so best, one of the things that people have been talking about is first-time homebuyer incentive program, which is basically if you're putting down 5% and you buy a used home, you can get 5%. Uh, it's a low. It's basically you're having two mortgages on your house, right? So it's not just a free money, you still have to pay back, okay? And then if you're buying a new home, then you get 10% low, right? Um, there's some good things about that and there's some bad things too. <laughs> uh, personally, like, I like it because then if you, if, uh, um, if someone ever going through a mortgage process, they'll see the CMAC or default insurance fees. If you're putting down 5%, it's your 4% that you pay. But having that extra 5 or 10%, like, you know, that is, you don't have to pay, your fee decrease. And the, yeah. other, the other best thing is, is like you're not paying any interest. Mm -hmm. The only thing I personally don't like is when you're going to sell your house, you have to pay that money back on that time of the appreciation or like appraised value. So if you bought a house for 300000 right now, if you're selling it, it's worth 400000 you're going to give back 5% on that. Yeah. Or isn't there the option of also paying it in a lump sum yeah. before? No, you can pay it off. Like once you pay it off, you can pay off that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what. Like pay it all. Yeah, off. but if you even let's say in two years, you're like, okay, I have the five percent, I'm gonna pay it off. Like you know, but you can, but the appreciation, like the value, has to be that time. Whenever it's not going to be the time you bought the house. So if you decide to like you know in five years, okay, I have extra money, I wanna pay off the loan. The value has to be that time, not when you bought it, right? Mm -hmm. So you're still on that side of. Um, appreciation with the Calgary market right now I wouldn't advise to take it again it's just me personally I wouldn't take it because market is so good here right? it's yeah. just like you know everybody's moving to Ontario BC it's a perfect place to invest because appreciation is going to happen so when you're buying something I can shouldn't say guarantee but it is going to be the price is going to go up mm -hmm. right? um, so I wouldn't say that because then again um, you're going to lose that much profit if you had made um, the other thing to know that you're going to have two mortgages so once you go see the lawyer there might be extra lawyer fee that you have to pay because there's two mortgages and the other mortgage is basically having a government lien on your house so if you're okay with that that would be other things can you walk me through the process start to finish for a new client that comes to you looking mm -hmm. to buy property. Yeah, so any clients that we're working with, we look for three things. We look for their income. So their income has to be permanent income or it has to be two years. Uh, their business, self-employed or uh, part-time workers, we always look for two years. Um, the other thing is uh, we look for down payment. The minimum down payment is 5% if you buying it for yourself. Owner occupied or family occupied, you can do 5%. Um, or the other thing is if you're getting, you can get family gifted. That's the other thing we look for. And the last thing we look for is credit bureau. Um, that we, we want to make sure that is good. So can you only do 5% if it's your first time purchasing a house? No, if you're buying a cottage, if you're buying your house for your family, um, second home, you can do 5% on that. How different are the mortgage rules from province to province? Are they pretty similar? Yeah. 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 So they're not too much of a difference at all. It's just when you're going to file taxes to basically CRA, then they're, they're different rules. If you're an investor and you're looking to purchase multiple properties, 
how does it look on the mortgage side um, for someone that comes to you and is like, I want to get like four different properties? That's it's all the same rules because the banks always look at um, like you know now it depends if you're doing it under your name. So we look at personal income, right? If you're looking at the business name, then we look at the business income, right? Uh, one of the things is a, like a, uh, mostly everyone does is a holding company. They open a holding company just to run a real estate. Um, which is just not easy to like get their first property because if there's no history, it's always tough. But 20%, sometimes they do ask for 25% down payment, you can get it done no problem. So flip, infill, rental, Airbnb, have you dabbled in them all? Yeah, yeah. What is your favorite and why? Mine is pre-sold. Pre-construction? <laughs> yeah, pre-construction one. That has been my like favorite ones just because I got in, I didn't have to worry about mortgage, nothing else, just um, give them down payment, waited for a couple of years, and then it appreciated it a lot. Fair enough. The episode right before you was a, was a builder talking about pre-construction yeah, for the episode. Yeah. So, um, What was your least favorite investment strategy? Least one... Um, I would say it was like back home Saskatchewan that I invested one with a couple of friends there um, and it wasn't, it didn't turn out what we thought it would be because the mar market didn't go up. It actually Was this supposed to be a flip? No, it was supposed to be long term but it was supposed to be five to seven years but mm. actually we are not cash flowing in that one, we are actually negative so we have to put money from the pocket here. So you just moved to Calgary recently? Yes. What do you think of the city? Love it. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm from Regina, so it's, anybody who's watching, it's a, really, it's a really small town. I love Regina, I love Saskatchewan, but not so much to do. Um, so we decided to just, um, decided to just, December I was thinking over the weekend, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to see how Calgary is. I came down here. One of the things I found in November and December, I've done 15 to 20 mortgages in Calgary. So that was one of the, like, you know, I didn't get it what was going on. So I came a lot of people working from home. So the next stop from Saskatchewan, what they found, it was Calgary because Ontario and BC is too expensive. Um, so a lot of the mortgages I was doing, I was like, what is going on? So I came down here, I found everything was sold. In December, there was nothing here yeah. to buy. Um, that's when I'm like, you know what, this is perfect for me. So I did the same thing. There's nothing here to buy. It's Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Something <laughs> happening. <laughs> so then in January, I finally found um, a lot with the builder, and then we put an offer there. And that's your first property that you're investing in yeah. in the city, huh? And it's already like what I'm seeing now with what they're selling for what they were selling before, it actually appreciated good amount. Mm -hmm. so. In the past year, the average detached house has appreciated 16% in Calgary. Yeah, so. that's what, yeah, so that's awesome. Um, do you think Calgary is going to continue to grow even like more so than the other big cities in Canada because of the cheaper real estate? Yeah. yeah. I personally think so because I'm, so I grew up in, uh, in Saskatchewan, but I'm actually from Ontario. Um, and you can't, you can't afford anything anymore, right? It's just too Not expensive. being a first time home. I know. <laughs> I actually, it's insane because I do mortgages and there's always three or four people on the mortgage yeah. because you can't buy by yourself. Um, Calgary is just perfect because 
what I found, you can still get a DJI house with a good enough income that two people can have, and you mm -hmm. can still get a house here. Um, it's close to bank, which I love. Yeah, people <laughs> and, are great. Uh, exactly, right? So I mean, if you're selling any Ontario and BC right now, you can, with the profit you're making, you can buy a house here. From Saskatchewan too, what the thing is, um, this is really close to it, and we can still afford houses here instead of us going to like Ontario, because I was actually gonna go back to Ontario to, the, to, to my family, but you can't buy anything there, right? It's like if you're looking for a detached house, oh, million plus easily, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, you know, Calgary, you can still between like, you know, 500 to 700,000, you can still get a good detached house here that in Ontario, no, there's nothing. So Airbnb, what do you think the best benefit of choosing your investment property to be an Airbnb would be? Like what would be the... What's the biggest pro to it? as an investment i would say the biggest pros to it like it's there's one thing that i would talk about and people need to understand is when you buy uh, airbnb you have to see if you don't buy it under your personal name because that gets tough the only reason that gets tough is when you're buying your second or third property after airbnb you can't we can't use that income to yeah. qualify so you have to always understand if you're buying your Airbnb, it's better to be in the holding company mm -hmm. because let's say if I buy Airbnb under my name and then I want to buy something else, banks don't use short-term rental as okay. income. So now they're going to use mortgage amount and condo fee, whatever it is, for the full like you know liability under my name for the next application, which is going to be really tough for me to get anything else. So it's better to put it in a holding company if you can. Yeah. Um, the best thing you'll find, in, especially in, in Calgary, here is a stampede and all those months, you can make so much profit mm -hmm. that can actually last you for a whole year. Yeah. Right. So what I've seen the market here for the Airbnb is so good just because like, you know, like two, three months, you make so much profit there. That's just, it's covered for your whole year. What do you think the worst feature about having an Airbnb? That would be it. If you don't get it under your, um, holding company yeah then it's not good okay what about rentals long-term rentals what do you think the biggest pro with those would be oh it's just if you find i love long-term personally i do <laughs> um the only thing about airbnb is um if you have a group of people it makes it easier for you you just buy mm -hmm. some putting in a holding company able to go but if you're getting a um like you know which i use i still love saskatchewan market for that because you find good tenants there um, yeah. And I have a tenant that been living in my house for like past four years, and you know I visited to see the house and it was just something still brand new. <laughs> so you know having Good somebody tenants. exactly right. The only advice I would give it to people if you look at the market and then you see, like let's say the same place as yours going for fifteen hundred dollars, mm -hmm. I would say do it for fourteen or thirteen because you want to go cheaper to yes, get options. Exactly right. If, but you just because you want to make sure you have enough option to choose from because this is your this is your house this is your investment you want to make sure whoever living in your house they're going to take care of it right and having a bad tenant and oh. trying to get them out oh it's bad they can <laughs> live in your house for a very long time before you can actually kick them out yeah you know, especially with all of the rules and yeah everything. so that's why you have, you want, you want to make sure that because that hundred or two hundred dollar can give you ten twenty thousand dollar damages which if you have a good good you know family a good person living in your place they can actually live there for a long time without having any issues there right? what do you think the biggest con to long-term rentals is i don't think there is any no, I actually, no I just have, the risk of like a bad the, tenant that's it 
right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that would be because the best thing is, yes, you can use a rental income again to buy your property, right? Because bank also use that, like, you know, lease agreement or even market lease. And some banks, the banks I work with, they can go up to 100% of their rental income. So basically, like, if you have $2,000 mortgage and if you can rent out for $2,000, you basically have nothing. Like, you have no liability, which I can basically get your approval again. So, which is amazing. Right. And you can hold it and let it appreciate yeah. in value, which exactly. detached property always does. Yes, Saskatchewan is a different story. <laughs> Here, that's that's I believe it's going to appreciate. Well, like anywhere, if you look at the historical yeah. line, like, like yeah, even yeah. though there will be dips in the market yeah. every every decade, but it does gradually go. Yeah, if you look at the long, 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 you're right. Long. You're right. Yeah, if you look at, no, you're right. If you look at long, just make sure you get young tenants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they live there for a long time. Uh, but I see the yeah, love long term rentals, which I've just had good people. Okay, let's talk about flips. Are you established in flips? No, I'm not good. <laughs> no? When you uh, tried them, did you try and subcontract yes. it or did you try yeah. and do all the work yourself? No, but I'm not good at that at all. <laughs> I can't even hang a painting. <laughs> um, but I do have like subcontracts in Saskatchewan where we just get into a property, we'll buy it, um, and they'll do all the work and then we'll sell it, right? Mm-hmm. The best thing is just to know like mortgage side, what mortgage you're getting, you need to know all that, right? Um, and you need to know exactly how much extra cost there would be if you're doing the flip, right? You have to look at um, all the fees once you're selling the property, do not just buying it because that's where it can kind of get messy. Yeah, it's hard to get exact numbers because it's so easy to get a property and then have so much unexpected like like things that you need to do that you didn't even budget for. 100%. Also with flips, like yes, it's, it's a quick way to make cash, but the market screams everything in it there's a possibility that it drops in the year and then you're gonna have to end up renting it out anyway so exactly. you don't take a loss yeah the goal is not to rent out right the goal yeah is to let it flip it but if, if it decreases like oh, obviously yeah, it's advisable it's, to yeah. keep it as a rental until yeah. it's back up at the end you will always make some money right even mm-hmm. if you keep it for long term because market as you said it does it doesn't matter in the history if you look at it, the dips to it always go back so for pre-con, um, what's your like process in finding the right builder? Like, what kind of questions do you suggest asking a builder to make sure you get a, a qualified person? Um, builder usually like I look up I see whenever I'm doing those things, I want to make sure the builder is a well-established builder, mm-hmm. right? Um, the other thing you want to look for the um, deposit, um, basically instruction like what deposit, how much deposit you have to give it to them, right? The other thing you do want to look at if they're asking for mortgage pre-approval or not because a lot of times i had clients when they did put de- like you know deposit and they, they didn't they didn't go through the whole contract and they found out they had to get a mortgage pre-approval but they were thinking they're going to get mortgage approval in four years or like three years right you have to make sure you hire your lawyer to go through the contract when you're doing the pre-sold that's one of the biggest thing you have to know if you because there's a lot of things you have um, that's what I looked at, and then one of the like you know thing that I've looked at really carefully is the location. You need to know where you're building and what's coming there. Yeah. That's when you can do really really well. So I like here too. I bought a house in Alpine Park in Southwest, and personally, I think it would be a good location for my house. Do you manage your rentals by yourself, or do you have a property manager? In, yeah, we have a property manager. 
Have you ever tried to manage them yourself? Yeah. What is that? It gets to the point where you're just so busy, right? And yeah. You, um, you want to hire professional, right? Like you want to hire people who knows, right? Because thing with us is like when you're buying property, you just you're buying it to take it for 10 years and then just leave it. But I always calculate all the costs. If I rent out for this much, this is how much I'm going to get. Um, it just makes it easier, right? So when interviewing potential tenants for your rentals, what what tips do you have for that? What questions would you ask them to make sure they're a genuine person? I actually have forms in like, you know, I always have them fill out. I always call where they lived before. That's one of the things I do always is where they were before because if they did something wrong, the last owner of the house will tell you, right? Um, you look at the reference check. Um, by the time like these couple of forms I have made, um, and you can find them online. Um, you go through them, you, you'll know if this person is good for your property or not. So, you're a pretty good broker, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I read that you did like 100 million in deals throughout yeah. your career. No, our team would be doing 100 million. Um, that's what we're hoping to finish, at least 100 million. Um, but we do like big amount of deals. That's awesome, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have like, What's what's what would you go back and tell yourself when you were first starting any tips about anything like talking to people or like any any tips or like study order or whatever? The one of the thing is like you know my business whenever I have a new mortgage associate that wants to join the team, I always talk about our business works on you know builds on three pillars, right? One is social media, which is big, as you know. The second is networking. Um, and then last one is physical marketing, right? So you build your basically business based on those three uh, pillars for us, right? That's one of the things that I always talk about. Um, so you want to target all of them. Like, so I'm good with networking. I love meeting people. I hate social media. <laughs> so that's one thing I don't like. Physical marketing, we do really well in Saskatchewan. Um, that we have um, really good systems set up there. But... Um, Social media, that's one of the things I, I, I started realizing more how important that is in Calgary. Like, you know, no, one for filming videos. Yeah. <laughs> no, <I> <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's a, those are the three pillars you want to work on, right? And I think it implies that the same thing as a realtor, too, as a mortgage. For sure. You know, you want to work on those all three. You don't want to miss out on any. You do want to meet people. You want to make sure your social media is good. And you want to make sure that, you know, if you can do billboards or any kind of physical marketing or you like a sponsorship, right? You do want to do that, like, you know, as much as you can. Majority of occupations in business, I feel like those apply to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I've always worked on, and um, in in my team, everyone's been trying to focus on all three. As I said, everyone has some kind of some people don't want to do networking; they just don't like it. So we try to work on that. Some people don't like to do social media, which is me. So we try to work <laughs> on that. Um, but that's what I would say to like. So try like you know anybody who's starting this business, try to have those three pillars like and see how much cost you want to spend on each pillar there, and then that's where you work on right. Sometimes it'll be better for you to spend more money on networking than your social media or your uh, physical marketing, right? Mine is a lot in social media this year. That's what I'm trying to do, that I wanna uh, spend more than I spend it on other things before. So what is the stress test? The stress test is basically, so right now it's a simple way to explain is if you're getting 4% rate, okay. that's not what we're using to approve you. 
That's what the stress test means. So right now the stress test is contract plus 2%. That's what they're saying. So um, right now if I can get you 4% and let's say 4% you're getting approved for $350,000, but I can't use that to approve you, even though you're getting that rate. So what the government decided to do is um, they came up with the rate. If the rate increase when you have this rate and you know when you renew it or variable rate, they want to make sure you can still basically afford that house. Does everyone that's trying to get a mortgage have to do a stress test? Yeah, everyone. Everyone has to go through. The only thing is I would I would say that if you're putting down 20% or more, that we do have B banks or private banks, right? They will, they're more easy to work with, right? Let's say self-employed income, they don't need two years, right? The only thing is their stress test, not stress test, their rates are like different. But even though we use the stress test to qualify you, they'll do more things as a B bank and private bank. They'll get your approval easier, but you're basically your rate is not as good as inside. So how do you think the stress test is affecting the market and people being qualifying right now with um, such high interest rates? So I see that it's, I personally think they should have provincial rules instead of just Canada wide because um, with what people make, they can afford houses in Alberta or Saskatchewan. Like those places, not a problem. But when you go to big, bigger places like Ontario, they should have a stress test mm -hmm. because if something happened like this was happening, they won't be. Yeah, it's exactly right. BC, they won't be able to afford houses, right? Yeah. But here, what they're making is not like you know they shouldn't have that big of a difference. That's what I personally think. Uh, even Saskatchewan, because it drops a big chunk of what they can qualify. In. That's a big difference because sometimes you want to look at house for three hundred thousand. Now you can only get approved for two sixty. It makes a huge difference. Alberta has like the highest wage ratio in Canada and some of the cheapest real estate. One hundred percent. When I came here, I was amazed that it's you know, it, oh, like I was amazed that people were not. Why were they not moving here before? People um, hate the cold. <laughs> so trust me, it's, it's cold, cold down there. But I just, I just, I just didn't understand why people are not moving. This is a beautiful city. Um, Banff, personally, is so close to close to here. You can go there. But it's just everything is here uh, mm -hmm. for me, right? What I think, and again, I'm being being from Ontario, living in Saskatchewan. Um, I think this is perfect. So I think we're going to see a lot of people going to be moving because I'm seeing a lot from Saskatchewan oh, and Ontario sure. people are moving. So um, a lot of people are waiting because of the rates that are going up or they don't know what's happening. Um, so I personally think by September you will see the market is just getting busy. Mm -hmm. Well, it usually like like um, spring is always the busiest time of year in real estate, and then it goes fall, yeah. and then summer, and then winter. So yeah. summer typically the market in general sees a little bit of a drop because everyone's out enjoying living their best life, taking advantage of the sun, the stampede, all the events Calgary has to offer. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think once uh, fall comes again, we'll see a little bit more of a spike. Um, what do you think the future of Calgary real estate is? Like, what do you think is going <laughs> to happen think, with, your, with your expertise? I think it's gonna, the price is going to go up like a lot here. Yeah. That's what I personally think because Again, what I've been seeing, um, like, you know, all the IT, like a lot of IT head offices, like, are moving here. A lot of people are working from home and being this affordable city, as we just 
talked about, it makes more sense for people to live here and do the thing because a lot of companies after COVID, they realize that they don't need employee to be working from the office anymore. So now there's a lot of, because 90% of applications I've done when I was in Saskatchewan, that they were coming to Calgary, not because they got a job here too, because they were just there able to work from home. Yeah, there's a lot of companies moving to Calgary, That's which is so good for us because it's it's diversifying us in the fact that um, we used to be known for like only oil and gas, and now we're seeing more IT companies come, which yeah. is renewables and stuff like that, which is awesome. Um, I'm excited to to watch it play out and and see the future. Have you looked into Edmonton at all, or mainly? Calgary. No, people just talk bad about this. Yeah. But I gave it like don't go to Edmonton. I just, I just never did. I was like, okay, I'm not even They do have a better saddle dome than that's I'll, yeah, I'll give them that. Okay. <laughs> no, everyone just say don't even bother going. And plus like I, I love being close to that. That's just one of the yeah. you know, one of the benefits of being in Calgary. And then when I came I I lived in downtown for a bit and I realized like everything is just so close here, right? Even if you want to go from downtown to like anywhere here, like from downtown is like 20 to 30 minutes. It doesn't take longer than that, right? Um, and being in Ontario, you just, it still takes us hours before we get to Ontario. Yeah, Ontario is so busy. Oh, it is, yeah. It's packed. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I love it there because my family is there. So, so you're at the <laughs> <of the> day. <laughs> yeah, my sister is there, so I can't tell how bad about Ontario. My, my family yeah. is there as well. Yeah, but it's just like driving for me. It's just like driving for an hour. It doesn't make sense. They have um, the lakes, though. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get there, it takes you five hours. So it's better to just go to Mexico. Yeah, fair enough. So. Um, personally, as you establish yourself in Calgary, are you going to continue to look at doing pre-con or are you going to, um, dabble in other investment streams in real estate in Calgary or what's your, what's your game plan for that? Now it's flip. Now it's flip. Yeah, now it's flip. Like Calgary, like, cause I already bought a house that I want to live into. Um, so now the, the goal is to get into more flips in Calgary. That's what I want to try. Um, I don't know personally about the condo market that what I think right now to get into pre-sold. Um, so I'm not getting into pre-sold. The next project would be flipping out. Do you know what communities you want to look in? Yeah, so I was thinking about Northeast. Um, that's what, like, Northeast is more I was looking into. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, for the, for the investment side of things, you obviously started super, super young, yeah. 21. Did you read books? Were your parents investors, or like, how did you get introduced and in wanting to like buy property? Like, like obviously there was something there that sparked your interest. Yeah, no, we I moved from Ontario to Saskatchewan because of that. That was one of the things when I was moving is because I wanted to buy something for myself, and it being everything so close, you can have job, you can go to school. Um, it just it made made more sense, and like you know. My dad was back home, was big in investing in uh, real estate. Um, so I wanted to try that if I could do it. So that's that's why I moved to Saskatchewan. Your dad was big in investing? So did yeah. he teach you a lot of what you I wouldn't say that. No, his his um, his thing was more go to school, finish <laughs> your school. Um, but I just, I wanted to try it out. So when I got into real estate when I was 21, I just, I just bought a house to be like, 
like you know it was just something that I could live in and not pay because somebody's gonna rent out upstairs so then I made it's like you know why not like you know you can work two jobs and save for down payment um, and then when I did it it was just this eye-opener like wow I can make so much money while I'm living in a house mm-hmm. that's amazing right like young mm-hmm. kid 21 didn't have a family like you know didn't, I didn't care about anything right so um, I couldn't live in a one room and then rent out all the other rooms right so it, it, it was just such a eye-opener for me as an investment like, wow I can do that I can live in a house and not worry about mortgage like you know rent yeah and you're owning that place you I, I own that place to like and someone paying me to live in my house right so um, it was just after that we were just like okay I want to keep going is there any mistakes you made along the way that that you regret real estate no I wouldn't say that even like you know the ones we have a couple of them that we're not cash flowing because we went as a group Mm-hmm. Um, I would I, somebody's still paying yeah right? so if you look at the long term of what I actually put in and I have not done any work because I have a property we have a property management that managing the property we still made money so if I sell it right now with the like you know with the team or with the friends we still making money so it's just like you know I've actually had experience where I was cash flowing right away that was kind of like oh I don't want to put money from my pocket even though you're losing money you're not losing money if you think about it, because someone else paying your mortgage, so if yeah. somebody paying your eighty percent, and you put in twenty percent, and if you have a good tenant, they can live there for five years. Guess what? Somebody just paid eighty percent of that. You just put twenty percent from your pocket, right? So you're still not losing money if you think about it. Yeah. Right. Um, but that was the one thing that I kind of didn't like all the investments I've done. But I I see it like is there something you specifically like what's your ideal tenant like a young professional like a, a couple like someone without pets like, <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna say that yeah. um, okay. no no i actually um it's seriously when i get when i meet people when i was meeting people i'll take their application i'll go home and i'll, I'll sleep right so mm-hmm. wherever i met like you know i i had all i had family with kids i had family with dogs with pets it just like you know once you meet them once you see their application you go home and then it, basically it's your house yeah so like you know you need to be making sure that it's not about the money if you need to be losing 100 or 200 which you're not like just i'm saying you're not making that um you just want to make sure you have right people living in your house right so i looked at people that i kind of want them to live in my house that's what i chose so what are the benefits of putting 20 percent down opposed to five so the the um biggest thing is is you don't pay that it's called default insurance fees right so quick calculation three hundred thousand dollar house you'll put fifteen thousand dollar as a down payment um so your mortgage is now 285 then out of 285 then you'll have to pay four percent fee on it that that'll get added to your mortgage so you don't pay up front so it goes back to like 297 or something like that um so now you basically put down one percent as a down payment because you have to pay that four percent fee right um, when you go to 20%, so guess what? There's no fee. So if you have $300,000 house, you put $60,000 down payment, there's no fee. Would you suggest putting 20% down if you can? 100%. Yeah. 100%, yeah. The only reason is because there's the, if you think about it, you just put 5%, um, like, you know, the 4% is gone, like in the office, right? Because that just gets fees get added back to your mortgage, right? As an investor, Five <laughs> percent. So, people um, 
can pull their down payment out of their RRSP if it's been sitting in there for 90 days. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you use, they can use it and um, basically when you're filing taxes, you can actually um, basically put it back within 15 years or you can add increase your income thousand or whatever the amount you have every year. So is that a, is that something that you'd recommend people doing? Hundred percent too. Again, like you know, if you're saving on taxes, the only thing is yes, you are paying it back. So you, mm-hmm. if you're not, I've, I've met clients they just don't believe in RS, RSP. They like real estate more. They don't want to have you know RSP. Then um, then it's yes, it's not good. But if you are thinking about retirement, which I believe in RSP too, like I believe in yeah. retirement saving plan. Um, you want to have, but you don't want to have just real estate. You want to have too right so yes. I, I always uh, exactly <laughs> I always advise my clients that if you can do it if you can wait 90 days if you haven't you know decided to buy which house you're looking for you're gonna wait then for sure go for RSP but if you think about buying it sooner then don't do it do you like stocks I, I love stocks <laughs> you know I've made some money but I just I'm just not good at that they're, they're more risky <laughs> oh yes yeah like I went to uh, stocks and crypto too just I just, I just put the money in whatever my friends told me, <laughs> yeah. and that's it, right? So I don't, um, I love real estate. That's just something I love. I don't know why. Just I can look at different locations. I can do, look at um, where the market is. That's why Calgary, when it was just happening, I made it such a fast move to move here, um, just because like investment is real estate. Is something I love a lot. Is there any layover with mortgages and crypto? Like I know I've seen a couple houses in Calgary that say you can use crypto to purchase them. Um, you can like at the end, you know, you can use it straight from crypto. That's not the banks don't use that. Like you still have to have your down payment. Um, so I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Um, but you can take it out from the crypto to use it as a down payment. For sure. Yeah. Um, how many lenders do you work with? A lot. <laughs> um, it goes up to like 30, 35 lenders. Okay, yeah, wow. Yeah. So we always can find a way. Like, you know what, I'm not going to lie to you, banks are good too, right? Um, sometimes banks will do things that brokers can't, mm-hmm. right? The only thing about brokers, once you come to a broker, then we can always find you kind of like, you know, better product and better rate because we have so many options. Right? You shop around. That's right? what it is, right? Yeah, but you know, sometimes, you know, if banks, you know, there'll be a 1% chance that that bank can give them a better option, right? Yeah. So, you know, I always tell my clients, look, if, you, if you're dealing with the bank, you know, that's okay. Get the rate, find out the penalty, right? And it's not only about the rates. You need to know what other things to look for in getting a mortgage too, right? Like your payout, like your, sorry, penalty option, your prepayment options, right? So you need to know that before you get in, like, you know, just buy. Because a lot of times people are like, ah, if I saw this rate online, and uh, I was like, you know, what do you think? And I'm like, have you looked at the conditions? So I'm like, know what the options are. And you find out there's always some clause or something that you don't want. Right? Yeah. Um, what do you think of private lenders? They're good too. They're yeah. Good. Yeah. So again, it all depends on the situation where someone just started the job and as a self-employed, like, you know, realtor comes to me like, ah, if I just became a realtor three months ago, I want to buy a house, right? There's no like income proof for a side to work. For, yeah. Right? So then I have like, but you, you want a house, which, Right now, even if you're going with a private bank at the higher rate, it is still makes sense because the appreciation is so, it's, it should be so mm-hmm. good in Calgary. Um, so even if you're going with a private bank, it's not a bad option because again, you're going to rent out your place for two years. Yeah. Right? right now, even though you're paying 2% or 3% higher interest rate, the only thing is, is you're still getting the money right now. You own a place, so appreciation can happen more, right? Um, plus, 
you're not paying rent. So you're, when, you, when you're renting, you're throwing your money, right? So if I do the calculation for the clients, when we talked about a lot, when they were private bank active, it's not good because of the high rate. If I do the calculation of, because we don't have any other options when you're you know, three months into your self-employment, right? Um, and it's just for one year or two, because we just find them temporary money, right? Yeah. It's just the money for one, it's not, you're not gonna stay with that for like, you know, for like a lifetime. We just wanna get your money right now, so you're not paying rent, because once you're paying rent, you're throwing your money, right? What's a B lender? B lender, that's what it is, a B lender and a private lender, right? So, is it just a synonym? Yeah, yeah, so it goes to like, you know, A bank, which is like, you know, big banks, we have five big banks, then we have mono lenders, A bank, so MCAP, Plus National, those banks, and then we have B banks, um, so B banks still give us good mortgage, but they still look at a couple of things. Like they want to make sure you still have a job and all that, um, and you still can pay it back. So they still have rules there. Then it goes to private. Private just look at the case more. They look at the case that um, what's happening, what's going on more. Then okay, can you pay it? So that's what the B bank and private bank. Usually every client that work with, we can always find the money on the B bank. So. So. For back to minimum down payment, it's it's five percent on five hundred or less, yeah. um, between five hundred and a million ten percent, yeah. and then over a million twenty percent, right? Yeah, and then you go up to like million or more is twenty percent. Okay, yeah. so would they be paying five um, percent on the first five hundred thousand? Say yeah. they got a seven hundred thousand dollar house, would they be paying five percent on the first five hundred thousand in? Um, and on that 200,000, 10%? Yeah. 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 So basically 45,000. Yeah. That's Quick math. Yes, thank you. Got it. I don't do it enough. <laughs> I do that enough all day. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's all of my questions. We have a good, that was 45 minutes. That was 45 minutes. It went by so fast. That was awesome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Plug your socials. Yeah. If you need a mortgage broker in yeah. Calgary, this is your guy. Hold all his info will be linked down below. Okay, so that concludes this week's app. I hope you guys learned something. Um, if you have any suggestions on what type of person I should bring on next, what you want to hear more of, anything I can improve upon with the questions I'm presenting. Uh, just comment down below or send me a DM on Instagram and I'd love to hear it. Thanks again, guys. Bye.